What's going on here? The new girl wants to sit at our table. It's true. It's a good conversation. Sure. I mean, we do have an extra chair now, don't we? And you already took Carrie's spot in school, so you might as well take her study lounge seat, too. Thanks, Alice, but it's fine. We'll just go sit somewhere else. So, what's your name? Camille. You're listening to Movie Things with Lindsay and Gary. Season 5, episode number 4. Welcome to another episode. We've officially reached the halfway point of season 5 and today we're back with another pick from Gary. So, what have you gone for? I have picked 2021 Shudder Original Seance. A newbie? Yep. Just new to the stage. New to life. (laughs) Written and directed by Simon Barrett, who also wrote Your Next and The Guest. Well, we like those films. Really enjoyed both of them, so high hopes for Seance. Excellent. And this film stars Suki Waterhouse, Madison Beattie, Ella Ray Smith and Seamus Patterson. Cool. Do you want to do a spoiler alert and we'll get into the plot of Seance? Sure. So we're going to be talking about this movie in a lot of detail. We're going to be revealing major plot points and what happens at the end. If you don't want that spoiled for you, go watch Seance first and then come back and join us. Or if you've already seen it, or if you're just happy to listen to us chat about it regardless, that's cool too. Grab some snacks, settle on in, and let's get started. What is your snack of choice this week? So I didn't notice any food consumed in this film at all, so I'm going to have to crack into my Halloween stash (laughs) and tuck into some chocolate eyeballs this week, I think. Very nice, Mm -hmm. very nice. Get things things started early, I think. Sounds much better than school dinners. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Oh, I was not picking school dinners. Plus, I was a packed lunch kid through and through. Really? Yeah, for sure. I was a take-the-pound lunch money buy something for 20p in pocket 80. <laughs> I've been all about that profit since I was young. <laughs> so Twix is for lunch, Monday to Friday. Breakfast, lunch and dinner. <laughs> so why did you choose this film? Uh, two reasons that we've kind of already covered, I guess. I wanted something new. Yeah. Because a lot of what we've covered in this season already has been kind of classic stuff or older stuff. And I always like it this time of year when we watch a lot of horror and a lot of scary films. It's always nice to mix in some newbies. Definitely. I've really enjoyed Your Next and The Guest, mm-hmm. which Simon Barrett wrote as well. He wrote and directed this one. I think this is his first sort of full-length directorial debut. Nice. So we'll see what that holds. And another box ticked. It's a pretty sweet, tight 90 minutes. Yeah. It's always a positive in my book. I like a horror film that comes in right on 90. And interestingly enough, this isn't one that we're re-watching. This is one that we've just watched for the first time before recording this episode. So what's that about? Seance is set at an exclusive all-girls boarding school called Edelvine Academy. With its creaking corridors, flickering lights and antique furniture, it's the perfect setting for a ghost story. It's also the perfect setting for pranks and students trying to scare each other, which seems to be what one particular group of girls live for in this school. And at the start of the film, we see a group of girls led by Alice play a practical joke on one of their classmates by pretending that they know how to summon the spirit of an ex-student, calling on her to rise up. What the girls don't realise is that a spirit does emerge and follows one of the girls called Kerry to her room, 
We don't really get to see what happens next. All we know is that Kerry falls from her window and dies. But this opens up a rare space at the school. And the next thing we know, Camille arrives as the new girl. Camille's a bit of a strange character. She arrives at the school in kind of mysterious circumstances. Mm -hmm. So even before the story leads you down the path of her having maybe a wee bit of an ulterior motive, you kind of guess that. She definitely feels like a bit of a fish out of water at this school. We get it really drilled into us from the headmistress that it's a really exclusive school. It's She's really privileged to have got a place there and she hopes that, you know, Camille doesn't let her down. But she doesn't seem particularly interested in any of that. No. The school's really old-fashioned. Yeah. It's a strange one. Like, the movie's set modern day. But the school doesn't look like it's been updated since the war, maybe. Yeah. I'm guessing that was kind of intentional because I read that they couldn't find a school that would let them film on site. So the school, as it is in the films, made up of like a few different locations and sets. Oh, wow. So they must have meant for it to look as bleak. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mentioned that it's a good setting for this kind of film and the flickering lights especially make for some brilliant jump scares. The kind where even though you know they're coming, they still get you. (laughs) (laughs) But even though they go on about um, how exclusive and expensive this school is meant to be, I agree with you, like this creepy ancient building comes across as a bit of a dive. And it makes me think, are you you really that lucky to be there? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't come across as particularly comfortable. The headmistress isn't welcoming. The other pupils aren't welcoming. No. It doesn't seem like the kind of place you want to be at all. But Camille really wants to be there and we find out later on in the film why that is. She gets off to a rough start with the same group of girls from the start of the film who do a fairly decent Heather's Mean Girls-esque routine. They get into a fight but they put aside their differences and decide to do another seance because they want to try and connect with Kerry, who you'll remember has recently died, and see how she died as nobody really knows. This is one of my favourite scenes in the film because their version of a Ouija board is pretty ingenious, I thought. They basically put a lipstick in the camera hole of a phone case Mm -hmm. and that's what they use to sort of guide over a bit of paper and write. Yeah. That's quite clever, I thought. MacGyver-esque, even. I've never seen that before. I'm sure there's some sort of technology comment in there or something, (laughs) but it's very different from your old board with the alphabet on it. I like that. I mean, you've just got to make do with what you've got when you're in this ancient school building with just your phone and your makeup bag to hand. The way the rest of this building looks, you can't tell me there's not a classic Ouija board hiding in the basement library or something like that. somewhere. (laughs) I really like the tight pace of this film. You're really not waiting around very long before the creepy shenanigans start to pick up and this seance seems the perfect example of that. A spirit makes contact with the girls and tells them that the Edelvine ghost is going to kill them. Although Camille's kind of sceptical at this point, it's difficult for her to take anything this group says or does very seriously because they've just got this track record for playing so many rubbish practical jokes on everyone. Yeah, and the Edelvine ghost obviously is summoned Candyman style by chanting into a mirror at exactly 3.13. It's not particularly believable. Mm-hmm. So the girls have had a bit of a fright. Camille's not very convinced. But then the girls start to die one by one. 
The Killer's Unknown, and this is where the film, I think, gets quite interesting because it develops into a bit of a whodunit as well as a ghost story, and you're not very sure if the killer's human or if it's the spirit that was brought in from the first or the second seance in the film. And the kills are pretty creative because you only see a flash of the killer in the background of a selfie or faintly in the steam of a shower. So even for the audience, you're not very sure if the killer's human or not. And you're trying to work out who it is for the next, I would say, like the next act of the film. It's an interesting one because I really like those type of scares when someone takes a selfie and doesn't realise there's anybody there, but then looks at the picture mm-hmm. and goes, oh dear. Um, those type of like... Oh dear. Just, Oh dear. That's what I would say. Oh no. <laughs> Ruin my picture. <laughs> Bummer. Um, I went there's just like those sort of um, those basic shots where you don't think there's anything untoward, but then there's someone in the back corner of the room or something. I quite like that sort of thing. And there's a lot of that in this film. But the movie definitely shifts at this point because, like you say, it starts off as a bit of a ghost story, but then about after about an hour, maybe it starts to include like half murder mystery. But mm-hmm. you're still not a hundred percent certain that this whole thing isn't just a prank that yeah. some of the girls are pulling. It's basically an episode of Scooby Doo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that, but that's that's spot on. There's an especially effective scene where Yvonne has got her headphones on and she's practicing her ballet. The way that it's shot and soundtracked is fantastic, and it really builds suspense. It's a bit Suspiria influenced, mm-hmm. I think, but drained of any colour at all. Yeah. It couldn't be more different from the film we talked about last week in terms of colour. Yes. <laughs> but this, what, this scene was a wee missed opportunity because I'm with you. I think this is probably the nicest shot scene in the film and it mm-hmm. could have been great. And she's dancing in front of these three statues. That are horrible, by and the just way. Wanted, just, just side note, these statues are awful. I just wanted one to move and be the killer. But the killer's behind one of the statues, and to me that was, I get that it's maybe like it's too obvious for it to mm. be the statue, but I don't know, man. Play the hit. So I wanted the statue to to move and come after her. Yeah, you want the scarecrow to like jump down <laughs> from the post and murder someone? Like you're always on the on the fence between do I want to see exactly what I expect here, or do I want to see something new? And sometimes you just want to see what you expect. Yeah, <laughs> but not nevertheless, it's a great scene. By this point in the movie, I've started to notice something a bit weird, though. Did you pick up on the fact that there's a distinct lack of other pupils in this school? I mean, there's a few extras, I guess, in the study lounge that they go to. It's a really funny scene because they're like, right, we're skipping class. (laughs) And I was like, how can you skip class? You are the class. There's like nobody else in this school at all. Yeah, like if (laughs) seven or eight of you go missing, then... Yeah, because the class sizes are really, really small. I think I think they're going for exclusive, but it just comes across as a big house with a few people <laughs> in it and they're calling it school. <laughs> so I mentioned the soundtrack and um, I just wanted to take a minute just to talk about that. So the soundtrack is very electronic, very atmospheric, and it's quite haunting. So I feel like it, it works really well as a score in this film. It's by Sickerman, who I hadn't really heard of before, but has done other films and TV programmes, and there is a soundtrack that you can get that's available. It's quite good, and that was, I guess, kind of expected, because soundtrack and The Guest and some of those other films that Simon Barrett's been linked to pretty good too. So, yeah. yeah, that holds up for sure. Yeah, when I think of The Guest, I think of the soundtrack before I think about 
the actual plot of the film, which I guess shows how effective a soundtrack can be. I think the funny thing with this one is, though, the soundtrack's amazing, but visually, I just don't get much from it. Because mm-hmm. it's very drained, it's very... Bleak. Yeah, bleak's the way I would put it. Yeah. And it's very influenced, I think, tone-wise, by a lot of those kind of Italian horrors, and particularly, I guess, Suspiria from it, which I'm sure anybody will because mm-hmm. of the, the setting and stuff like that. But it's like Suspiria... Minus it's Suspiria drained completely of any colour. Yeah. It's a weird. It's a like weird Suspiria vibe. with a rubbish Instagram filter <laughs> on it. <laughs> but there's a few weird shots all the way through it. There's a bit of a strange fisheye lens thing, and I don't really know what's going on with that. They use yeah. that for some of the establishing shots, and I think it's meant to make it look like it's kind of weird. Yeah. But it just doesn't really go anywhere. So the way it's all shot and filmed and everything, it's not visually as captivating as some of the other films that we've talked about in this mm-hmm. season. But I'm with you, the soundtrack is a winner. And at this point of the film, quite a few of the girls have been killed off and it still feels like everyone's a potential suspect, as well as the possibility that it could be the Edelvine ghost that's doing <laughs> all the killing. But this brings me to a question for you. What do you prefer? A ghost story or a slasher serial killer type plot? I enjoy a bit of both to be honest but definitely a slasher for me. I always enjoy that. I do like the idea here though where you get a bit of both. Mm -hmm. I think my problem with this one's maybe just that there's not much to buy into in terms of the characters. Yeah. I didn't find anyone in it particularly likeable Mm -hmm. and I think that's maybe where this one goes wrong a little bit but if I had to pick between the two I pick slasher but I do like the idea of scooby-doo who done it and it could be supernatural it could be a killer or it could just be absolutely nothing yeah (laughs) what about you i find ghost stories scarier than slashers but i find slasher films more entertaining so i guess i'm i'm with you i like a little bit of both (laughs) the last act of the film reveals everything including who the killers are and who camille really is and Spoiler alert, our name's not actually Camille. (laughs) So it turns out that one of the girls called Bethany, along with the headmistress's son, Trevor, are the killers, which, as much as it's a twist, it's not very interesting. And, you know, this kind of brings me to my, probably my biggest criticism as the film is that I found the motives really, really lame. Like, I just, I was really, I actually rolled my eyes when they, they said why they were killing people and I just found it all just a bit of a letdown. Yeah, it's a bit of a muddled story, to be honest, and I think this is how it plays out in the end, is, like, to tie it up is basically one of the mean girls has plagiarised... An application for a scholarship or something like that. An essay that's won a scholarship. And she's worried about that, and that's basically led to her killing the girl early on in the film. And then a spate of killings to cover that one up, and it just doesn't... It's a bit flat. Like, I don't understand why someone would be so frightened of getting caught for plagiarising an essay that from they a would, dance school yeah that, <laughs> that they would work. they would murder all their best friends like i don't think nah. anyone would dob it in like i don't think anyone would be that bothered nah and i think there's that side of things and then we're main character we've talked in this season about like really strong kind of final girls and stuff like mm-hmm. that like we get in texas chainsaw massacre i just didn't get much from camille at all she doesn't come across as particularly sharp-witted or multifaceted you know that sort of 
in the guest. I'm just using that as an mm-hmm. example because obviously the same guy wrote it. The guy turns up and he has such a presence and he's got all these wee like knowing glances behind people's backs into the camera that right from the off he's like outwardly couldn't be nicer to this family but you know in the audience like there's another element to his character. Yeah. But I just got that Camille was really kind of dry. She's like a wee bit of a cardboard cutout. Mm-hmm. And a kind of weird choice to hang the whole movie on, I thought. Yeah. Because if you're going to be that sort of, I'm here under false pretenses, pretending to be someone else because I'm going to get revenge for my pal, you're thinking they're going to have, remember Vicious Fun? Mm-hmm. Like, how cool was she? Yeah. When she was there to take out all of the um, the serial killers that are wronged or what a character that I was. I just didn't quite get that yeah. from the character here. And I think that's why then... The subsequent story and the reveals and all that was a hobby bit flat because I wasn't really bought into any person specifically. Yeah, like when they pull the mask off at the end of Scooby Doo, it is a bit of a, a twist, and you're like, oh. Whereas when they pull, they literally pulled the mask off the killers here, and you're just like, oh. Cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're some girl that's plagiarized an essay, and you're so worried that you just decided to start killing people, like. And the school handyman's helping you for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> Is this a good point for this week's facto? Yeah. I've done it again. We're staying in Scotland, baby. Take us to school. <laughs> Today's local tale of terror centres on the last woman to be convicted under the Witchcraft Act of 1735 that happened in Scotland. Of course. Where else? Helen Duncan, also known as Helly Schnell. That's a great That's nickname. pretty cool, isn't it? That's amazing. Was jailed for running bogus seances that would see her go into a trance that would bring forward the spirit of an attendee's loved one and a sea of disgusting ectoplasm. Wow. <laughs> it was later found that the ectoplasm was actually made from regurgitated cheesecloth, egg whites and toilet paper. Wow, we thought the girls making the Ouija board out of the tube of lipstick and the phone case was ingenious. Turns out they've been MacGyvering things for way longer than that. During a seance in 1928, a photographer came along and took flash photographs that showed that the spirits that Helly Schnell conjured were pretty crude creations made of white sheets over coat hanger shoulders and paper mache masks. Helly Schnell had her first brush with the law with conviction and a £10 fine for fraudulent mediumship at Edinburgh Sheriff Court in 1933. In 1944, she was jailed for nine months for conspiracy to contravene the over 200-year-old Witchcraft Act, the result of heightened tensions during the war. Nell had the inside track on a sinking ship that hadn't been announced to the public yet, and to make sure she wasn't inclined to disclose any more Navy secrets that might compromise the war effort, she was sentenced to some alone time in the clink. (laughs) Duncan's trial led to the repeal of the Witchcraft Act, and their descendants have actually appealed to the Scottish Parliament on three occasions in the last 20 years to have her convictions overturned. They've been unsuccessful every time. So far. (laughs) They'll keep trying. (laughs) That's a lot to take in. Ectoplasm made and mold. of cheesecloth, yeah. egg whites and toilet paper. And my old foe, the camera flash. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly the most terrifying <laughs> part of all. <laughs> oh, that was an excellent fact, though. Thank you. 
So in the final face-off between Camille and the killers, we find out that Camille has been a girl on a mission the entire time. Her name's not really Camille and she's come to the school to settle a debt, i.e. find out why her childhood friend Carrie died and hopefully settle the score. And she does just that. She kills off the two killers and makes a dash for it before the cops arrive. And then she just drifts off. I'm assuming off to our next adventure. We can only hope. It's a very, very slow dash. She, like, kills the killers, Mm -hmm. which is cool. Like, do that, take your revenge. While she's doing that, she's already sent people to phone the police. Yeah. She kind of then just saunters up to her room, slowly packs a bag, grabs a couple of bits and pieces, walks really slowly right out the front door. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Still covered in scratches and blood and cuts and scrapes and bruises and just walks down the path out of there. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) the end of seance so what would you rate it i enjoyed this film the pace is good it's a nice neat 90 minutes as we said and there's enough action and suspense to hold my attention throughout the serial killer's identity kept me guessing along with it is it a person or is it a ghost conundrum i think you're likening it to scooby-doo now on reflection is absolutely spot on and i think if i watch it again I'll probably look at it through that lens. (laughs) I especially like the setting, which I did mention a few times. It's creepy to start with before you start throwing in the elements of the plot. I think that the setting is great. It's just what you want for this kind of story. It's not as good as your next, and it's not as good as the guest, but it's still worth a watch. I think it's fair to say you and me make our way through a lot of new horror releases and straight to streaming features, so the quality on them can vary a bit, but this is one of the better ones, I think. I rolled my eyes a bit when the killer's motive was revealed, and I think that that's probably my main letdown from it, but overall, I liked it, and I'd give it a six and a half out of ten. How about you? Nice. I've gave it 5 out of 10. So I thought, like you, it's a nice tight 90 minutes so it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's somewhere kind of between Urban Legend and Black Christmas, I thought, in terms of tone, but it's not as good as either one of those. I feel like it would actually benefit from having the gimmick of like a holiday season or something to add some bells and whistles to it. It's got a few decent jump scares, but I feel like it doesn't really build up the tension a film like this needs to reach that top level Mm -hmm. i think that that's partly because like i mentioned before i didn't find any of the characters particularly likable which means i didn't really care who was getting killed and then who was actually doing the killing and when you get towards that big reveal at the end it was just a bit (laughs) (laughs) it was a bit anticlimactic i would say though that considering a lot of the characters in it are supposed to be the mean girls that's probably why you didn't feel very engaged with them. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But it's perfectly watchable and definitely entertaining enough, but not particularly memorable. So yeah, five out of ten for me. So that's the end of Seance and that's the end of this week's episode. How can people get in touch with us on social media? You can get in touch at Movie Things Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you could leave us a little review, whatever you listen to is, that would be awesome. That helps us a lot. And make sure you tell your pals. Cool. So we'll be back next week with another one of my picks. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.